Grace to you and peace from God our Father, from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Girls and boys, have you noticed all the snow we've had this winter? Yeah, <laughs> means we got off of school sometimes. And it also means there's some really big piles of snow to climb on and to play on. How many of you guys can remember a winter like that before? Can you remember one from when you were just little? How many in the back? How many of you can remember winters like that? Yeah, this is one of those old-fashioned winters, isn't it? One of those that old-timers talk about. When I was a kid, we used to have snow in the wintertime. And I'm going to guess that you guys, 40 or 50 years from now, you might also be talking like that. You might say, when I was a kid, back in the old days, we used to have a lot of snow in the winter, and you're going to be thinking about this winter. Well, the old days is what we're thinking about today, isn't it? Not winter or summer. But the old days all the way back in 1845 and even uh, before then and and since then when our St. Lawrence congregation was being organized and founded. That's what we're going to talk about today, but I want to be careful uh, that that we kind of walk a tightrope because on the one hand, when we're emphasizing our history, it would be kind of easy just to kind of get lost there for a while, wouldn't it? And to, uh, to escape the, the pressures of the present as we, uh, as we remember the past. I, I don't want to do that today. I also don't want to go to the other extreme of saying, well, the best way to honor our heritage is to focus on our future. What I want to do today is to honor our heritage, our history, by learning some lessons from it. And these lessons have to do with the history of our congregation and especially with the uh, people who, who came here first. They, are, um, they wrote some autobiographies before they came to America. And those were translated and, and published by our Frankenmuth Historical Association for our community's 150th anniversary almost 20 years ago. Here's how those letters are introduced in their publication. In 1845, Frankenmuth's first settlers gathered in Neuendettelsau. They were about to give up the life they had known to go to a strange country and begin a new life as missionaries to the Chippewa in Michigan. To prepare, each wrote a short biography And the German word that was used there was Lebenslaufe. You guys know what that means? Can you translate that? Lebenslaufe? It means life's walk. Oh, guess what? Maybe you see that on the screens. That's the title of our sermon today. Life's walk, life's Lessons. I want to draw out some, some themes or some life lessons from those letters which actually members of our German class have recorded and are going to read for us um, uh, throughout this message. So the first life lesson that, that I drew out of reading the translations of, of these letters has to do with courage. You think it took a lot of courage for people to come here back in 1845? 
I think it took a whole lot of courage. I don't know if I would have had that much courage. What did they know about the country they were coming to? Probably not much at all, maybe nothing at all. What did they know about how life would be here? I think probably all they knew was that life would be pretty hard here, even as it was hard for them in Germany. God never promised that our lives would be easy, did he? But he does promise strength for our life's walk. I want you to listen. Now we've got uh, three of them coming up. Uh, Listen to some of the words written by the first settlers of Frankemuth and, and, and pay attention to the courage that they expressed. The first one is Johann List. The merciful Savior will always be with me and all of us through the times of my life and we may go with joy and not lose courage. So that we may go with joy and not lose courage. Now he said something else and I want you to listen because it comes through in, in each of the, uh, the three uh, short letters. And that is the reason why they, and now we also, could have courage. So I'll read the first one to you again and then see if you can, can pick out, and then we'll play the second one and see if you can pick out um, what I'm talking about. The merciful Savior will always be with me and all of us through the times of my life that we may go with joy and not lose courage. Okay, so we're going to hear now from our second settler, Johann Lenhard Berntal. Listen to what he says about the source of his courage. Now I am prepared with the permission of my parents to travel to America with a confident conscience that the Lord will be with us. Yep, we saw him just at, just at the end there. Did you catch it though? Did you, um, did you see where he got his courage? Because he was confident of the fact that the Lord will be with us. And the first one, Johann List, said that the merciful Savior will always be with me. Johann Berntal said the Lord will be with us. And now listen to how uh, Martin Haspel talks about it. I praise my dear Lord, who with the Holy Ghost continually sought me, for which I thank him. I pray for him in the bottom of my heart, that he will never leave me here, on the water and in America. So I pray that he will never leave me here, or on the water. It took a lot of courage to sail across the Atlantic, um, or in America. Where do we get our courage It's from knowing that God is with us, that he is always with us, that he will never desert us. So the first life lesson has to do with courage. The second one has to do with godliness. Now, they didn't actually use that word. In fact, they talked more about what I would say is the opposite of godliness. You know what that is? You could come up with a lot of things. The opposite of of godliness, for one thing anyway, is worldliness. So being 
attracted to and interested what's in this world instead of being attracted to and interested in God. We've got uh, a couple, well, actually a few, that talk about the fact, this is kind of surprising to me, probably shouldn't have been, was kind of surprising to me how much people back in the 1800s struggled with worldliness the same way that oftentimes we do. We'll hear from Johann Georg Pickelman first. I was sent to school, but unfortunately, I utilized my school time poorly and looked forward to the time when I would be released from it. I received little benefit from religious instruction, and the benefit I did receive, I soon lost because of the pleasure of the world increased in me from day to day. And for this, I had enough opportunity, which unfortunately I took advantage of, and was, worst of all, I enjoyed freedom from my parents. I was kept busy with work, and the more I worked, the more money I earned for myself. The more I could participate the world in the pleasure of the world. I lived out in a frenzy and in false security. Boy, he said a lot there, didn't he? Did you, did you catch that? The first thing he said was he utilized his school time poorly. That means he didn't really try to learn that much in school. But what did he look forward to? The time when I would be released from it. He looked forward to recess and snow days and, and vacation time. Is there anything wrong with looking forward to those things? Of course not. But when we're in school, what, what he's saying to us too is that we've got a lot to learn. And so that's a great time learn that. But then he went on to talk about the fact that the more money he made, what, the more things he could buy and the more interested he became in the toys that, that they had then, different than the toys that we have now. Let's listen to our next one. I've experienced much, for the world entices and works in people as it did in me. However, I found no joy. Nothing could still my heart, so I suffered through many anxieties. But the Lord heard my pleas and sent the dear pastor Tretzel, from whom I heard the pure word of God. Now I could resist the world. I went to a Winsbach to Mr. Brandt, where I met Pastor Lohi, who assured me that God had mercy on my soul, so that I would not be destroyed. So Johann Weber had some people that God put into his life. Did you catch those names? There was Pastor Tretzel. We don't always hear so much about him. Pastor Lowy, and then an interesting character named Mr. Brandt. Now that's not me. This was 200 years, well, about 200 years ago, and I'm not that old. But there was a Mr. Brandt who helped to steer him in the right direction. Let's hear from Johann what he says about struggling, wrestling with worldliness. For three years I lived entirely according to the ways of the world. I learned everything that was good for nothing. I lived entirely for the flesh, entirely without any faith in Jesus Christ, my Lord. I spent all this time in Lloyd and Avery and other vices, even dancing. The last sentence there says, I spent all this time in lewd knavery. That's not terminology that we use very often. Well, not at all anymore, is it? What he, what he said was he was being kind of, a, kind of a goof off, getting into all kinds of trouble because he thought that was uh, the most fun. Now it's also kind of interesting. He says, I spent all this time in lewd knavery and other vices, even dancing. Things were different back then. It wasn't just men, though, who wrestled with worldliness. We also 
um, get to hear today from a couple of the women who are on that trip. One of them was named Maria Barbara Lotter. Let's listen to what she said. In 1835, I became a member of the Christian Church, and I promised God that I would be faithful to Him as long as I lived. But I soon forgot. I pray daily that He will open my eyes and that I will become more concerned with my eternal rather than my temporal life. You know what happened in the year 1835 for Maria Lotter? That was the year she got confirmed. That was the year she turned... 14. And so this speaks, we've got some 8th graders who are writing presentations of faith now and are getting ready for their own confirmation. And she says that, you know, I, I, uh, I promised God that I'd be faithful to him, but then I forgot because she became interested in the things of the world. And now she's praying that she'll be more concerned with her eternal rather than her earthly life. The opposite of godliness is worldliness. One more to talk about. Formerly, I always went along with the world. Now, when I pass the children of the world, I look at them in pity and think how they are pulled by Satan into spiritual blindness. So they, and that can be us too sometimes, they're pulled by Satan into spiritual blindness. With all of the attractions and the, the pleasures of the world pulling at us, who would want to escape the world? Why would we want to leave it? I'm going to show you a picture that I think maybe helps us to, uh, to think about this in a little different way. Does anybody know what that is? You see those people? They came outside of their warm, comfortable, well, okay, maybe not that comfortable, cabin, in an, in an airplane, and what are they doing? They're standing on the wing of that airplane with water all around them. This actually happened in January of 2009, so five years ago. So it was very cold. Why in the world would they get out of that airplane and stand where it was cold and wet and scary? because they had learned that it was even more dangerous to stay inside the plane. Some of you might remember Captain Sully. This was his airplane that, that, uh, that he kind of miraculously brought to a crash landing in the Hudson River um, shortly after takeoff when some, I think, the engines had failed or something. And they knew that if they stayed in that airplane, which is usually the best place to be, isn't it? If they stayed in that airplane, they knew that eventually they were going to drown. And so they left that airplane and stood out on the wing so that they could be rescued. Well, it's dangerous for us to be in this world, to stay here. We just need to remember that so we don't get too comfortable here. The third life lesson, we've got, we had... Uh, Courage and then godliness, the opposite of that being worldliness. The third life lesson is humility. So being able to honestly take a look at ourselves and, and, uh, and seeing what is there. I've got a couple to share there. The first one is from Martin Haspel. In 1834, I was pleased that in my fallen situation and at my lowest point, the Honorable Pastor Treadstall came to Rostyle and excited many among us. But after Eric Treadstall moved on again, I went backwards. 
I always saw myself better than others. I did not look at card games, nor did I drink heavily. For there, my stinginess held me back. Because I like to be superior to the others. In 1839, I was married. In the beginning, this did not go well. But I'll not go into that. In the meantime, the walks in Wundetl Slough were going on. And one time, in a rage, I went just to get away from home. Now I thank my Lord and God that he led me there. It was through my going there and hearing the sermons that everything got better. God be thanked. Yes, eternal thanks for this. You know what? I just noticed this now. I hadn't even... Uh... I was focusing on some other things when I was looking at that, but did, did you see what, what it was that helped things to get better? Anybody hear that? Yeah, yeah, Frau heard it. It was going to Noyendettel South to church and hearing the sermons that things got better. There's a good life lesson for us as well. Our last one, another example of uh, humility, a little shorter one. Again from Johann Liss. Through the preaching of the Gospels, the Holy Ghost kindled in my heart a genuine faith. Then for the first time, I learned how corrupt I was. So there, for the first time, I learned how corrupt or how sinful I was. That's the humility, that's the honesty with ourselves that, uh, that God desires from us and that is most helpful for us. So what are the three, we've got one more, what are the three life lessons so far? The first one was courage. The second one was godliness. The third one was humility. And now the last one is, we're going to call it missionary zeal. So the desire to tell other people about Jesus. And I didn't pull anything out of any of the letters on that because that's why they all came. To show others by word and deed how beautiful it is to live with Jesus. That's our heritage. And that's our future. Amen. And the peace of God which passes all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.